Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a Geek Network special interview. As always, I am your host, Keith, and I am joined by my co-host, Jesse, today. And uh, I do want to, of course, welcome our very special guest uh, joining us from Gameloft Games, uh, Matthew. Hello, Keith. Hello, Jesse. <laughs> Hey, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, we're pretty excited to talk to you guys today um, with uh, everything going on in the world right now. It's really great to be able to reach out to people, uh, you know, online, get these interviews uh, taken care of and uh, get to know each other a little bit better. So uh, what I want to go ahead and do is I want to go straight into asking you some questions. Uh, but first, I want to kind of ask you a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, what you do and kind of your background with Gameloft. Yes, yeah, so, um, I'm a pure Gameloft product. I would say I, I did work at Ubisoft a bit at the beginning uh, after school, uh, mm-hmm. but I've been at Gameloft for more than nine years now, which is uh, a lot in the industry. You know, people tend to move around uh, quite a bit. And I first started in uh, in Paris, uh, what we call uh, in the HQ producer uh, position. So I was uh, working with team uh, in other studio around the world and centralizing a feedback, uh, kind of acting as a publisher. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a while. Then I became the head of this team of, uh, of HQ producers. And then uh, more than a year ago, I was offered the opportunity to uh, move to uh, the beautiful city of uh, Montreal to, uh, to head the Montreal studio, which is our uh, biggest uh, creation studio here at Gameloft, mm-hmm. and it, which is also, I think, the biggest mobile studio here in Quebec. So we have more than uh, 450 employees right now, which is a big, big uh, studio here. Uh, yeah. And so as um, the studio manager, I make sure that everything uh, works smoothly with the team, that they have the resources needed to complete their project, uh, that obviously the product themselves have, are of uh, high enough quality and that we tackle this uh, challenge market uh, as best as we can yeah definitely um i'm glad you put it the way you did because that's actually the first thing i wanted to talk about was um a massive shift in gaming these days to mobile gaming um i think about when i was younger you didn't play games on your phone you know you had a phone and now it's basically a mobile gaming platform for a lot of people and you mentioned in this this challenging industry um can you give me an idea of like I guess the experience of working in a primarily mobile gaming um, atmosphere, I guess, is the way I'd want to put it. Yeah, sure. So I would say uh, that the mobile revolution was more like 10 years ago when it really started. And now everybody's obviously doing uh, at least some form of mobile entertainment in the industry. Uh, but yeah, when I when I started, we were obviously uh, Gameloft was one of the pioneer of mobile uh, gaming. So first on the uh, and, and on devices, uh, Java and uh, older devices. Then came the App Store, and Gameloft was actually one of the first partners to to go on the App Store and to release games. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was a very very different time, honestly. So we were releasing obviously premium games. So you would pay you uh, your zero uh, ninety nine or one ninety nine or four games, which we consider as high quality and and which I think they were at the time. 
$5.99 to get the full premium experience. You will get like, you know, a solo campaign, some maybe some multiplayer for the for the highest games, uh, but a couple of hours. And then obviously in 2011, 12, started uh, free-to-play started to emerge and obviously to cover the stores, be it uh, App Store, Play Store by Storm. And now obviously it's a very competitive battle in this free-to-play space, which is also starting to bleed into console, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. to actually get uh, some, some share of the audience, which is uh, spread thin beque- between all the, the publishers, between all the forms of entertainment. So it's a very, very different uh, form on mobile right now than it, than it was like 10 years ago, you know. Okay. And uh, I'm curious because obviously, um, as I said, there's there's a lot of console gaming and there's also mobile gaming. And like as you said, there is a bit of a bleed through between them. Um, obviously, a lot of game developers will tell you developing a game for, say, a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One, you know, or both, there's some challenges there. But there's so many more types of phone out there or mobile device in general. So is that is that a specific challenge for the company? Yeah, it's a, it's a technical challenge because you have uh, obviously, especially on in the Android world, so many devices, so many GPU, CPU, uh, so many Android versions themselves. Uh, that obviously you have to uh, to adapt all that. But Gameless is very well positioned in that front because we historically did uh, most of our porting uh, internally. So we have big studios around the world that are actually working on porting those games. So we always uh, pride ourselves on the technical. Uh, competency of our guys to actually make sure that our, our games run on all these devices. Obviously, it's a different technical challenge than working on a next-gen console. It's mm-hmm. still a very high challenge because you have to make your game run on, on devices that have like twice or three times more uh, or less uh, RAM or less memory than, uh, than another phone. So it's obviously technically challenging. I would say it's also... Uh, very challenging uh, on design side, you know. Obviously, technical is always something that we can say, yeah, we can do it. We can hire the best guys and, and do something that runs. But on design and making sure that players find the mobile experience as entertaining or more entertaining than a console or a PC experience is always a very big challenge for us and even more so these uh, these last few years. Yeah, and um, specifically, I think one great thing with your guys' games and with mobile game in general, but specifically your games, are um, the pick-up-and-play uh, factor of the game. Um, again, with home gaming, you're committed to a while. You're yeah, going to sit yeah. there for a while. But if you're on the bus for, say, a 10-minute drive, you can pull out your phone and you know play a little bit of something. Like, And then you can put it right back down. It's not going to be you know an overcommitment. For instance, like... You can, even if you're like waiting for your food, you can play a little bit of Overdrive City, you know, and just like get that out and play a level or two and then, oh, okay, got to go. So um, I like the flexibility of mobile gaming like that. And um, I actually want to talk about Overdrive City because this is one of the newest projects. Um, can you give us an idea of like uh, the development of this game? I believe it's a, it's a franchise with you all, right? Uh, well, it's actually uh, a new game and a new IP uh, that oh, we developed okay. here in uh, in Montreal. We do have other car games, I would say. So Asphalt is like the most well-known. Oh, Asphalt's uh, what I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most well-known game lost IP, but that's that's done in another studio. So here we 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 took our spin on the car uh, slash tycoon uh, segment. So we we actually looked at the market and knew that tycoon is a very popular genre on mobile. It was obviously before on PC. Uh, 
the SimCity, the Rollercoaster Tycoon and all that stuff, obviously. And, and it, it went on mobile in a more casual and, and as you said, in a more, in a, in a more friendly, um, user-friendly way where you have a much more accessibility and actually a much more female audience uh, on, on this type of game. And, and we looked at the market and we saw, uh, well, obviously cars are very mainstream, uh, very attractive product for, uh, for our players and for the general population. And we tried to put this tycoon uh, spin on it and, and make sure that uh, we, instead of building like farms or castle or cities, you were <laughs> actually building a, a full auto empire and a full uh, auto industry where you would be able to produce some of the most uh, well-known brand of cars. We do have the, the licensing to have the real cars in the game. I mean, the real car in terms of uh, <laughs> still virtual, virtual cars, but the real brands. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so that was a very interesting take that the team uh, had at the time and, and released it uh, uh, two months ago. And it's been uh, going great ever since. Yeah, when I started playing it, um, I was like, yeah, I'll give this a shot. And I didn't expect, you know, like you said, the licensing, I didn't expect the brands. Mm -hmm. So first thing I got was a Volkswagen Jetta. I'm like, that looks just like a Jetta. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was really, and the, yeah, the designs of the cars are really, really nice. I, I really like the graphic uh, design of the game. So, yeah, we pride ourselves, especially in Montreal, to, uh... sorry, go ahead. You guys have amazing customization. And unlike a lot of other mobile games, you guys don't charge for, you know, allowing the customization of your vehicle and you can even uh, customize a lot of the landmarks and everything without having to pay. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I think it's a yeah. very wise decision. Yeah. We try to, uh, well, that's a tricky thing in obviously free to play. It's like to balance out uh, retention, which is like players coming back every day because they feel that they have a meaningful value out of the game every day. And obviously monetization because you do need to monetize uh, uh, some users. Uh, we try obviously to keep as many users as, as happy as possible so that they stay in the game longer. Uh, and so this sort of um, decision drives some of the design to be more or less permissive in terms of which feature we would uh, push and when, you know. Yeah. And then um, I also wanted to ask, um, you guys, um, you have a, quite a list of games uh, um, that have been produced by the company. Um, and several of these are, as you kind of mentioned, um, you know, licensed IPs. Um, yeah. So is there a particular, um, obviously you're working with a different creative force. So uh, can you talk to me about the difference of working with something that you all have have created versus something that has an existing IP and you're working with the creator of it and things like that. Well, yeah, obviously, as you said, we, we've had very uh, great success with license uh, games, mm -hmm. so be it Minion Rush, which which is one of the most downloaded games ever, like topping 1 billion and more downloads, uh, mm -hmm. with Asphalt or Overdrive with uh, car manufacturers, which is, which are still a very productive and that's normal of their uh, cars and designs in the game, or with, for example, something like uh, Disney Magic Kingdoms, uh, which is done in another studio as well, and where you, you do work with the, with the creative team at Disney. I would say honestly that always uh, gone very well. Uh, obviously, they provide feedback and they provide guidance in how we should approach things, but they also always let us uh, drive creatively where we want to go. You know, so obviously they're going to be picky on the visual, they're going to be picky on the story, and that's totally understandable in terms of design and what we want to do. Obviously, they will not uh, let us do everything, but we, we can drive things uh, our own way, and they will be very supportive of it, which is honestly great for us. 
Awesome. Um, and uh, I did want to go ahead and ask because we mentioned a couple uh, gaming companies before, and uh, there's a lot of, in again, the difference between mobile and console gaming. There is a lot of um, superstar uh, companies, if you will, like your Bethesda's and your yeah. Ubisoft's and things like yeah. that. Um, but mobile gaming companies don't get the that much as much attention, I believe. Yeah, I agree. And so, for with your guys's specific um, company, I was wondering if there's basically anything you'd like to tell our audience. What makes your company stand out? What what makes them special? You've already mentioned the longevity. Yeah, so yeah, we are in the, one of the oldest mobile companies, uh, uh, which is uh, great because we have all this experience. We have people in the studios that have been with us for more than uh, 15, 16 years working on mobile, which is uh, awesome. Uh, but what gives us an edge, I would think, and, and working on mobile, this is something that I'm really proud of, is that we have... Uh, you know, we have smaller teams because obviously you have less uh, technical challenges and less graphical challenges than developing a console game. So here in Montreal, we have a team from 20 to 40 people, you know, working on one game, on one game. So what you get in comparison with working with a big AAA studio like uh, Ubisoft or Bethesda or whomever, is that you mm-hmm. get way more empowerment of the team. Obviously, there is discussion with... Uh, with uh, the strategy of the company and what type of game we want to do, but there is much more creative ownership for every team member and and within the team themselves. When you're doing a game with twenty with twenty guys, obviously each and every one of them is very empowered to have a, a strong say in, in which direction we're going and how we're going to approach this market, mm-hmm. etc. So, I would feel that for people that uh, that are mature and then want to really. Um, uh, share some responsibilities and have some say in where we're going. This is a great place to work because you really get uh, a say in the uh, in the direction of the game. So that's uh, that's something I, we're really proud of here in Montreal. Okay, great. Um, and then uh, we kind of hinted at a little bit earlier, but I want to talk about with everything going on in the world right now, uh, with everybody pretty much in lockdown. Um, I know you guys are celebrating your twentieth anniversary. And there's a yeah, lot going yeah. on with that. Um, and obviously, this is putting a damper on that. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> uh, now, I know that uh, today on Android, they released the Gameloft Classics. But um, is there anything else? What are, what, are, what are the things can we expect for the, the 20th anniversary? What, what do you guys have planned and announced? Or is there anything else that we should know about? So yeah, well, maybe let's touch uh, upon Game of Classic just for a bit. So yeah, it's yes, an app it, that that brings uh, together 30 of our most uh, classic games. Uh, so for people that have grown with us and that have started following Game of like uh, 15 or 20 years ago, they will find some of the very best uh, brain name of uh, of Gameloft and and this this app uh, is uh, is free mm-hmm. and you can download it on the Play Store so that's a great reminder for all uh, all our fans and our older fans uh, as well uh, so that's uh, one thing obviously with the current situation uh, we had to put uh, some uh, limits on the term of uh, any entertainment or any uh, regrouping that we were planning to do we hope that uh, with uh, things reopening Hopefully not too not too far in the future. We, we can communicate much more uh, on everything uh, that we can do. It's also the opportunity for me to thank maybe our uh, IT and uh, infrastructure guy that had, uh, all uh, allow us to work from home. And this is something that is uh, that I'm very proud of. 
that they helped us do that. So yeah, for the 20 years themselves, uh, I'm especially uh, thankful to the fans that have followed us for so long. And uh, we have a lot of new games coming up, obviously, in the future. So keep an eye out for that as well. <laughs> awesome. awesome. I just want to point out that I'm very excited about the classics. Uh, already have it on my son's Android tablet as well. Um, I saw him playing Bubble Bash earlier. So, uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great way to play some games. And I'm very yeah, excited for, for Zombie Infection. Cool. Yeah, yeah. An all-time classic as well, yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. And some of the games still hold up, I would say, uh, pretty nicely today. And there are uh, some great mechanics as well there. Oh, I'm going to be killing a lot of hours that way. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Great. Along with that, uh, I know obviously we talked about you. We can't talk about anything not announced, but I have an iPhone. Am I going to be able to get Game Loft Classics at some point? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I don't uh, necessarily know, but uh, obviously okay. we'll, make, we'll make sure to. Uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, if that's how that happens. <laughs> I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I'm like, I don't own an Android. So. <laughs> I have an iPhone as well, so I'm missing out too. <laughs> gotcha. Get a All right. Guys? <laughs> if I'm going to get a tablet, it's going to be an iPad. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, like I said, with the 20th anniversary uh, and everything with the Game Loft being released, um, obviously we're really excited to see what you guys come up with. Um, uh, I personally, as a... Um, as a pretty avid gamer, the uh, the game that always jumps out at me with uh, your guys' back, uh, back catalog is the Assassin's Creed Altair's Chronicles because I loved Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah, um, I really, really like that. And, uh, yeah. My, my favorite was uh, Modern Combat 2. Black Pegasus, which has, which was uh, well, one of the first one on iPhone and as well on the, on Java mm -hmm. phone, so one of the first game I worked on as well. So it's pretty cool. Uh, the Modern Combat franchise is still uh, one of our biggest franchise, uh, mm -hmm. and this is something that people should check out as well. Yeah, because there's what like seven Modern Combats now, something like that. Uh, there are six of them. Six, yeah. I was, I was trying to count them in my head. last one being uh, Modern Combat Versus, which was released in Montreal uh, two or three years ago, and which is more centered on, around the multiplayer combat, and it's very fun as well. Awesome. Well, um, I did want to go ahead and uh, talk a bit more about... Um, we we kind of discussed mobile games and the build, build excuse me the ability to just pick up the the immediacy of it yeah and um I, I kind of want to talk a bit about that in that obviously it's going to change how you develop a game um if you if you're doing it like that and I just want to kind of get an idea of like is it being you said you used to work you started with Ubisoft right. Uh, well, I mean, uh, we were a sister company of Ubisoft at the time. Yeah. No, 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 I'm sorry. You, you ah, yourself, myself, yeah. yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. As an intern okay. uh, working in Paris yeah, on uh, Red Steel okay. 2. So that's a long time ago. Gotcha. Okay. I just want to kind of get an idea of the like the creative path and how it's different versus from a console game versus a mobile game and creating that immediacy for the audience. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a very great and, and broad question, I would say. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's also depending on the type of game you're doing on, on console, because I do feel that the two worlds are getting closer and closer, mm-hmm. uh, with all, obviously, like the free-to-play and, and less uh, loops of uh, console gaming that do take inspiration from uh, mobile gaming quite a lot. But yeah, in terms of... Uh, creative process i would say and and uh, maybe my consult peer would uh, disagree but in mobile <laughs> we we very often start with like also market opportunity like the market is very uh, competitive on mobile there are like uh, thousands and thousands of apps uh, and games releasing every day so it's like very crowded uh, market because the the barrier to entry are very low so obviously we're we're trying to tackle the market and that was the case with overdrive city where like the tycoon market is a very big one but it's catering more uh, to uh, a female audience who want to try to to tackle the male audience with the mm-hmm. with the cars and everything so it often starts with more of a business proposition and obviously from there you have to iterate you have to be creative you have to test you have to make sure that your mechanics uh, are actually fun for people because i mean <laughs> identifying a market is uh, one <laughs> important step but it's uh, i mean if uh, everybody that had a good idea is uh, uh, become a millionaire i mean everybody would be super rich right now the execution is obviously paramount as well uh but i think we're even more market driven and user test driven than console games because when your game is free people have no attachment to it so they can download it and two seconds later if they don't like the graphics or if they don't like the first step they will just drop it and download one of the 99 uh, 999 <laughs> other games that are available today you know so the, the, yeah. you have to be super refined in terms of first time user experience in terms of getting them through the gameplay loops making sure that they see the value and the fun of the game so it's a very uh, very uh, hard industry to be in but also very challenging and uh, very challenging and very uh, exciting one to be in as well because when it works it's so good to see millions and millions of people working on your game uh, so I would say that's the main difference really making sure that your game is uh, market ready and you don't have this thing with console where well obviously creatively you have to to have a great game but still once people get in the game they've paid their 60 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever and I mean if they drop it yeah it's bad for your uh, for your microtransaction if you have any on console but they have already paid so it's like it's uh, it's less uh, it's less damaging where on mobile when since they download the game for free if they leave they leave for good and you get nothing as a developer so you have to be very mm-hmm. very transparent and it's actually a, a very tricky balance to find you know yeah, yeah. i always feel like if it's if it's a really good free to play game, I don't mind doing the microtransactions. I almost feel like I'm tipping them, and it's like you di- you guys totally deserve this. Thank you so much for providing <laughs> this entertainment. I'll buy this yeah, game. Well, that's, buy uh, yeah, that's a great analogy because uh, obviously, if you're not happy with the game, you don't spend a dime on it and you just delete it. And I mean, it's a very uh, strong consumer statement. Whereas on a console game, at least a premium one, and obviously once you've paid, good luck getting your money back if you don't like the game. You know. So mm-hmm. I feel that in that way, we, we obviously microtransaction is a very touchy topic, as you know, on all platforms. I do think that in a way, it also provides more freedom for the player to actually stick to the game and pay on the game that they are mm-hmm. sure they are liking, you know, uh, whereas yeah. on a premium experience, you do have to put the money up front. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. 
and I, I agree um, that the market is so swamped for mobile games. Yeah. Uh, there's so many games to the point that a lot of mobile games you play will have advertisements in that game for a different mobile game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, and and, and when you loop. Yeah. <laughs> and when you said the the part about yeah, it's free. You download it and you play for two minutes. You don't like it, you just delete it. And yeah, I've been there, definitely. Yeah. Like, and I totally understand that. So I, I get the idea of you have to get the you have to get the hook right away. You have to show them what they're going to be getting and, and make them interested, but you also have to provide a satisfying gameplay loop, which definitely would be a complex thing to do. I can completely understand that. Yeah, and uh, we were often criticizing uh, mobile game being copycat of other successful games. Sure, it works if you have very deep pockets for user acquisition or buying user, etc. Mm-hmm. But actually, I would feel that you need to be even more innovative on mobile if you want people to not say, oh, this is just another X, it's just another Candy Crush, it's just another Clash of Clans, it's just another mm-hmm. Asphalt, you know, and, and people are obviously uh, not stupid and they see the similarities with, between all these games. So if you don't provide a meaningful innovation or something that's actually valuable for the player, your your game is dead. So that's also how we approach it uh, here in Montreal, is we're trying to push at least some level of innovation on our games to make sure that people that download them stick with them and and are actually happy playing them. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. All right. Well, um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we really enjoyed having this conversation with you all and getting some information about what you do. Um, for our listeners, uh. Please check out their games. Um, Overdrive City. Uh, he mentioned uh, Minion Rush. Game Off uh, and, and then I was going to say, yeah, the Game Off Classics, if you have uh, <laughs> if you have an Android at the moment. Yeah. And as he mentioned, the Asphalt series, because that's the one that was in my head when I was thinking about Overdrive. So. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you guys just pass uh, quite a bit on the Asphalt series with the Switch? Quite a few downloads? Yeah, yeah. I think we have all been, uh, I wouldn't want to say, uh, I think we passed 1 million downloads on the Switch, if I'm correct. And if I'm not, wow. I hope you guys will correct it. It's actually got a great uh, great uh, reception from users. You know, it's, it's still free to play, uh, but there is, uh, I think, couch co-op as well. So there is still some, uh, there are some adjustments for the Switch. And uh, it's, uh, it's a great way to play the game because Asphalt like to be very honest and not to brag because it's not even done in my studio but it's like the best looking game on mobile by far and i think on switch it also comes as one of the best uh, looking games so i mean that's a great achievement for Gameloft, and uh, we've been looking at all these console opportunities as well and it's uh, an important uh, uh, thing for us in the future as well you know that's great. We have we actually have a series of charity streams for our organization uh, on Twitch, and we might actually have to do a little bit of that. If oh, it's you got definitely should. Off, it, uh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Jesse. Do you have any follow-up questions, anything you want to wrap up with? Uh, no, I'm just really excited to keep playing your guys' games. Please uh, keep bringing the great content. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us here at Geek Network. We really appreciate it. For all of you out there, uh, check them out. You can find their information online. Um, and check us out at geek-network.com and on all social medias, GN Podcasts. Thank you so much. This has been Keith, and have a great week, guys. Thanks a lot.